frustrated, adjective, feeling or expressing distress and annoyance, especially because of inability to change or achieve something, unable to follow or be successful in a particular career, prevented from progressing, succeeding, or being fulfilled. How often do you get frustrated? What makes you frustrated? And is getting frustrated a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe both? Well, that's on today's season premiere of Church Stuff. Welcome to the season three premiere of Church Stuff. In episode almost a year in the making, and I'll explain why. But I just went back to check when I published the last episode, and it was October 7th, 2020. So this has kind of turned into a Netflix show where... You don't get another season or any information for at least a year. Um, But yeah, hey, how are you? Hope you're all doing well. Thank you to the five fans that keep reaching out of when a new episode will be published. Donovan Smith. Um, So yeah, I've been, a lot has happened since... October 2020, because we are now in October 2021, not 22 yet, October 2021, a lot has occurred um, in my life, in the world, definitely some changes, but it doesn't change that our God is still the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, eternity. So that's great. And yeah. So it's very fitting that today's episode actually is entitled Frustrated Stuff because I was very frustrated. (laughs) I woke up, started watching a documentary, couldn't sleep. Yeah, I know, I'm that guy. And um, I said, you know what? I think it's finally time I record that episode I've been wanting to record. And so I get to my desk, I set up my laptop, I pull out the microphone, I pour myself a cup of coffee, um, sit down, and because I have a Mac, I need the adapter for the mic to connect the mic to the to the whole, yeah, you need the adapter. So I keep my adapter in my top drawer. I keep it, I have two drawers. At my desk, the top ones, two top ones, obviously. One on the left, one on the right. And sometimes it's a toss-up of which one it's in, and I couldn't find it. I emptied out every drawer. I found things that I didn't want to find. I found things that I've been looking for that I no longer need. I found gifts that were supposed to be given, cards. I found everything except the adapter. I found all of my um, stays for my collars. I found 
pocket knives from work. I found endless markers and receipts that I wish I never found because of the prices. I wish uh, I found old house keys, pins, you name it, I found it, but not the adapter. I It took me at least 20 minutes and I was getting frustrated. I was like, okay, this is not cool. <laughs> um, like so many things I found... Like, look at this. I'm, I'm opening the drawer again. There's just, I found a backpack, not backpack, suitcase locks and keys that I've not been able to find. So I used a zip tie. Let, anyway, I found it as I'm sitting here recording and rambling. So this episode, I, I've planned for season three for a while, um, much longer than it seems and it just keeps coming back to me the same thing and I did not want to start the season and I have notes for the rest of the season I even have episodes already recorded but I could not publish any without doing this episode without this being the at the first episode because it's been heavy on my heart um when you think frustrated it's, it's very easy when you think of things that you can't get done, things that make you upset, things that you wish you could change, but you necessarily can't, or it's hard to. Like the definition says, you're in distress, you're annoyed, especially because of inability to change or achieve something. And there's a lot of things that people get frustrated by. They get frustrated by traffic. We get, I shouldn't say they, because I especially get frustrated by traffic. Traffic, our boss, our job, our tasks. If you work in retail, trust me, I know how you frustrated you get. With technology, like, do you know how frustrating it is that I, they made this new and improved Mac and you don't have the ports, you have to buy, buy pieces to put into the, it's just stupid. So these little things, they frustrate us, but some will argue that they motivate us because a lot of us don't like to be told no, or that we can't do something, right? So if somebody tells me, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You can't change that. I'm going to, and I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be like, no, yes, I can. Especially because I'm hardheaded, um, which if my father or Andrew hears, we had a discussion and asked if I was stubborn or hard-headed, and I didn't believe I was. I still kind of don't. In certain cases, I can be. Um, this is not one where you all need to text me um, and give me your opinion. I think this is the one interactive part of the show we can leave out, but thank you for your concern. Um, it is... So I lost my whole train of thought because I was thinking how uh, they said that I was hard-headed or stubborn. So if you tell me I can't do something, I want to prove you wrong. I want to do it to prove you wrong because I don't like being told I can't do something that wasn't my own volition. If I said to myself, well, if there's nothing I can do to change it, then I feel like I've done everything possible. But if someone tells me you can't do it, or it's not possible, I am going to try every avenue and even harder to make it possible. Um, so I guess in one sense, I can be stubborn, okay? 
Thank you. I'm not from the peanut gallery. Um, I've said um a lot, and it's because I really don't have notes because they're just things that I want to get off my chest. And I think you'll forgive me. Thanks. So, with that being said, I think there's... Frustration goes a lot further than carnally, than here and physically on earth in our day-to-day lives. I think it stems even deeper and can root deeper in your spiritual walk with God. I get frustrated in myself, as I'm sure many of you do, especially with your walk with God. How many times do you get up and look in the mirror or you sit down to pray and read and you say to yourself, or you see these pastors and preachers and men of God, women of God, and you say to yourself, why aren't I like that? And that's a whole different episode (laughs) to dive down. But you get frustrated sometimes when you, and we should not compare. It is not biblical to compare ourselves to any other man or woman of God. It is not biblical to say, to idolize those men and women of God, because that is between their walk with God. But I do think looking at these men and women of God, such as our pastors and leaders, can motivate us to have a better walk with God, not to be like them. Because when I look at my pastor or David K. Bernard, for example, because I think he's a great guy. I think he's phenomenal. I don't look at him and go, wow, I would love to be like pastor, or I would love to be like David K. Bernard. I go, man, I'd love to be like God. I'd love to be like Jesus because I know that these men are merely making themselves to be more like Jesus, to be more like God every single day. So if I can achieve that, you know, that's the best that I can reach. I'm not trying to be a Lee Stone King. I'm not trying to be a David K. Bernard. I'm not trying to be any of these men and women of God. I'm trying to be like God. I'm trying to be a child of God. That was a rabbit hole, and I completely lost where I was going. <laughs> so I so here we go. Frustration. Duh. So you look at yourselves and you're like, man, why aren't I making progress? It is human nature to go, why aren't I making progress like them? Why aren't I? Obviously, we're all in our own stages in our walk with God. We're not all going to be at the same stage at the same time. And I'm saying that and I'm preaching to myself right now because it has been a hard few months because I am very much frustrated or was frustrated in my walk with God because I'd sit here and I'd read and I'd pray and I'd do your, your roots. But here's the thing I'm about to say it. I was doing my routinely things and nothing is changing. I still feel like I'm in the same position that I was in. But it's also about perspective. Because although I feel like nothing has changed, although I feel like I'm in the same position, God is still working. We sing, as Sanach would tell us, <laughs> while we sing Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And that's what we have to really realize and let sink into our spirit. Because we can get frustrated our own walk with God. 
but there's two things that could be happening. Probably more, but I have two. We are impatient. We are frustrated because God is doing things in the dark. Not that he's doing things in the dark, but he's doing things that we don't see. God is working when we don't see it. We don't understand because we can't see it. We don't have him telling us every five seconds what he's doing for us. And if that's not the case, then maybe like I expressed that I was feeling or doing routinely, maybe that's how you're treating your walk with God as a routine rather than a relationship. And we've talked about relationship before. Our walk with God is a relationship, not a routine. And that's something that I have to really even let sink into myself because how many times do we just get up and get dressed and go to church because? Now, if every single Sunday you're one of those people who are like, amen, I am so excited, which is great. I'm not knocking it or making fun of it, but there's a lot of Sundays or even Saturday nights where I turn over and I'm like, I don't want to go to church tomorrow. I don't want to wake up that early. And you know what's speaking? My flesh. And my flesh speaks all too often. But when I push myself to go every Sunday, <laughs> I, I am beating that flesh. And it's proving that my relationship with God is what I want. Because if I didn't want a relationship with God, I wouldn't go. I would not drive. I would not wake up that early. We get very frustrated when, especially when we're told promises, right? God gives us promises from elders, from him. He speaks to us and we're like, okay, Lord, you told me this was going to happen and it hasn't happened yet. So I did a little research and that's never a good thing because I always, I always like teach myself a lesson and, um, Joseph was in prison for two years after he interpreted the dreams of the chief butler and baker. Two years. Okay. Now, if you think not getting your promise, right, within a few months, with even in a few years, think about if you had to wait for your promise or at least wait to be rescued from death for two years while sitting in a hole. Now I get now that wasn't the entirety of Joseph's walk with God and other great things happened, but think about, it just makes me think because I sit here frustrated about my walk with God, able to go out to eat, build Legos, watch a movie, hang out with friends, go to church on a consistent basis, fellowship with the saints of the Lord. But Joseph waited in prison for two years in a hole, probably getting scraps, maggot-ridden, mold-filled food. It's my interpretation because prison now is not good. So now you think prison in the Bible, in a, in a den of a kingdom... A dungeon? 
So if we're feeling hopeless, imagine how Joseph felt. There are so now I'm just using Joseph as an example because he came to mind, but there are so many people in the Bible that should have felt hopeless, like we often do. How do you think Joseph's mental health was? We complain about being in lockdown for I know I'm bringing it up. I'm sorry. We complain about being in lockdown and how we haven't been able to have a relationship with God and we cry that we have not been able to go to church and we do all of these things. (laughs) We're so spoiled. I watched church every week on my phone. Families worshipped in the living room together. Joseph was alone in a dungeon. How do you think his walk with God would have been? My relationship with God during our lockdown, our prison sentence, (laughs) flourished. But imagine being hopeless with no resources. Who knows if he even had a Bible? I don't even know if the Bible specifies that. Don't make fun of me if if it clearly states that and I'm just not seeing it. But the man (laughs) just sat there for two years. I'm harping on it because it makes me think when I'm frustrated, when I feel hopeless, when I feel that things aren't going to get better after God has made me promises. God's made me promises. God's made my friends promises. I, I keep them to myself. I pray for them about them. And sometimes it's hard and I'm like, okay, God, you said this was going to happen. It's been this long patience, I guess. Strength. Never pray for patience. Never pray for patience. My mom's loophole to me, but she'd probably hate that I'm sharing this, is she always turned to me and said, never pray for patience because the Lord will test you and the Lord will just, like it's a known thing, like the Lord (laughs) or the enemy at least will test you and push you and your patience will be pressed and whatever. So she turns to me and she goes, pray for strength, (laughs) pray for strength. And so I've never heard my mother pray for patience. I've only ever heard her, Lord, give me the strength as if that's like a loophole. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe God finds humor in that. But she always, she thought that was a loophole because she wasn't praying for patience. She was praying for strength. So I'll just leave that with all of you to interpret and get a good laugh. But yeah, I mean, Joseph was sold into slavery when he was about 17. And it wasn't until he was 30-ish. Mind you, these are just like Google facts because I um, could not do the math myself. He was 30-ish when he became the vice regent to the Pharaoh. And that's in Genesis 41. So I do have references for this stuff, okay? That's 13 years. It's 13 years, man. It's a long time. And I'm complaining about a few months. I'm complaining about two years. It really makes you think. But starting to shift gears, I don't always just feel frustrated in myself. You know what else I feel frustrated in? Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to. No, I'm just kidding. 
I get so frustrated in church people, in people. I don't want to say the church because we are the church. I get frustrated in people. I say this cautiously because I don't want people to take me the wrong way. We all get frustrated with people, right? Whether we're doing customer service, whether we're, you know, just regular day-to-day life. We, it's normal. Get frustrated with your family, your siblings, which I don't have, so I don't know. Get frustrated with your parents. I get frustrated with people because I look around and I feel like we're wasting our time. Well, Anthony, what do you mean? I know you guys were waiting for me to ask myself a question. I know. Well, we sit here, right? And I am not innocent of this. So by no means am I saying I am better than anybody. I am not innocent. But I'm sorry, Courtney. You writing a five-page essay of why you're frustrated in our government on earth or with all of these political climates and all these pandemic issues that's on Facebook is doing nobody any service. I'm sorry, you're not spreading the gospel. You're wasting your time. You know, when it's funny when people get on Facebook to post about how horrible Facebook is. Think about that. Laugh about it, please, because tell me I'm not the only crazy one. These people get on Facebook and they're like, oh my God, Facebook is so horrible and they're stealing all of our information. Stop using it. You're wasting your time because you have a cell phone, because you have an Alexa, because you have a laptop. So if Facebook wanted to steal your information, I don't think they need just the app to do so. We're wasting time with these small, tedious things. And I'm very frustrated by it because how long did it take you to write that post about how awful our government is, about how awful this vaccine mandate is? How long? You could be having a Bible study. You could be writing a Bible study. You could be talking to a coworker. You can be setting up a ministry. You could be doing an event at church. You could be volunteering. We our time here on earth is limited. And we were not called to change our government. We were not called to write letters about a vaccine. We were not called to write letters to the TV companies about what what we're watching. We're not called to we're not called to any of that. We're called to spread the gospel. We're called to stand up for what we believe, but not in the way that most of you are doing it. I'm sorry, but I personally don't feel the way you people get on social media is beneficial to us and spreading the gospel. Some of it's hurtful. There are some people I know that I had to take off of social media because they stopped posting about the love of God and it was all about the current events. We know 
We all know that the world is not our home. So why are we trying to make it our home? Think about that. Why are we trying to make this world our home? Yes, should we make it a better place? Absolutely. Should we stand up and fight against racism and and all these other topics? Yeah. But do it in a way that God would. We need to stop wasting our time. We're beating a dead horse. We are a peculiar people. We are going to be outnumbered, right? So, why are we acting like some of this is going to change when we've read the back of the book? And if you haven't, I suggest it. It's very scary. We've read Revelation. We know how this ends. We should be trying to be a mirror image of Christ. We should love with our whole heart. We should be fighting in prayer, not posts, not letters. I'm sorry, but there are people. I, I'm, I'm sorry, and I shouldn't. But there are people out here thinking that their ministry is to stop people from getting the vaccine. They have literally said that that is their ministry. And sure, if they, if they believe that, that's great. But we weren't called to do that. We were called to spread the gospel. Tell me I'm wrong. Find it for me in the Bible where it says that our job here on earth is anything but spreading the gospel and the love of Christ. We don't realize that we as a people sometimes do more damage than good with our good intentions. And I encourage all of us to really start to build a better relationship with Christ and to start spreading his love more than anything. I know everyone's like, Anthony's going down the charismatic deep end now. (laughs) No, but that's what the Bible says. Is it not? First Peter two, nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There it is. Right there. Part of it, at least. Deuteronomy 14.2 For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all, above all the nations that are upon the earth. How are we being above nations if we are stooping to their level? Just some food for thought. But it frustrates me. It frustrates me that we waste our time with the littlest of things. And that's not the only thing we waste our time with. We waste our time with a lot. If I read the Bible 
as much as I watch movies, I probably could have had the Bible memorized. And I'm talking my whole life, not like currently. Because that's something that I've had to adjust, something that I've had to, and I still have to adjust. I can't just sit down and give into my flesh every single time I want to watch a movie or a show or read a comic book. And that's my own personal struggle. And I'm being honest with you because I'm showing you that I'm not just saying this without trying. I'm not saying this without my own efforts. So I think we all waste our time. And it's frustrating because imagine, okay, I always said I was going to do this, right? I was going to balance out my movie going and my spiritual life, making my spiritual life more important, obviously, and putting nothing above it. I would say, like, if I was having a movie day by myself and I was like, okay, I just want to stay in and watch movies, but I feel like I should read my Bible first. I'd read my Bible and I personally can only take so much at a time. It gets deep. It gets, my brain starts to get flustered. And so I started breaking it up and I'd be like, okay, well, I want to read this much. I'm going to read till I'm at capacity and then I'll sit down and I'll watch an episode or two. And then I'll get back up and I'll read more and I'll just go back and forth. And this is probably not, I'm not like advertising this of like, this is how you have a walk with God because it's just how I make the adjustments. This is, this is what I do personally. And I feel like everybody can find personal avenues to give more time to God than we do. Cause I still feel like I don't give enough time to, for God. When you think about how many hours are in a day and how many hours we're at work and how many hours we're home and how many hours we're in the car, you can find time in all of those areas to give time to God. Sometimes I listen to podcasts at work and I have to break it up and I put on a spiritual podcast or I put on a preaching. I'm not saying don't go listen to your true crime podcast because that I would be a hypocrite because I'm still going to, but there needs to be a balance. You need to have more spiritual more of an inflow than anything, a spiritual inflow. And it's frustrating how we as a people just keep pushing it off. Like we have all the time on the earth. Oh, I'll come back to church or, Oh, I'll get right tomorrow. I'll get right next week when Sunday come, when the altar call comes around. What if you don't make it to altar call? You say you're going to fix your life. You say you're going to make all these changes next time, next week. On Sunday, it tomorrow. What if tomorrow doesn't come? Tomorrow may come, but it may not come for you. It may not come for me. If you live every day like God is coming back tomorrow, a lot of our problems would be solved. I am preaching to myself right now. And I know some of you are feeling the same way. If I'll say it again, if we live every day like God is coming back tomorrow, we would not have a problem. 
because it is scary. Think about that. So the times when you're bored on the couch, the times you're frustrated by this world, you don't need to write everybody a five-page Facebook report. You don't need to post about it. You don't need to gossip about it. What you can do is take it directly to the Lord. What you can do is write a Bible study. What you can do is take that energy that you have, instead of putting it into those things that could hurt people, that could make yourself look foolish, put it into something of God. It's like a bonus because you're you're finding an outlet, but you're finding a healthy outlet. You know, I told somebody one of the original reasons I wanted a punching bag was because when I'd get angry, I'd want to punch something. I've broken things in the past and my parents don't necessarily know that, but there are quite a few picture frames that have not made it that I've had to throw out. I think one time they found one and they had to ask me what it was. And I was like, oh, it fell <laughs> after I punched it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've hurt my knuckles. I've punched things. I was a very angry person. And there's a book I read. But before I read the book by Gary Chapman, I told somebody that I, I wanted so I can have something that I can punch when I'm angry. And he turned around and he was like, do you think that's the best idea? And I said, well, why wouldn't it be instead of breaking things? I feel like that's a better idea. I was like, because then it would be like a workout too. And he said, yeah, but your brain is going to be trained then that every time you're angry to punch something. And I was like, okay. He's like, what if you don't always have that punching bag with you? What if you get married and you get frustrated at your wife? Yeah. Yeah. Deep stuff. He was like, why don't you train your brain to pray every time you're angry? Because then every time you're angry, you'll go to prayer instead of going to punch something. And I'm not saying punching bags are bad. I'm not saying releasing your anger through physical activity is bad. But what was being said is when it comes from a violent place in your life, it should be prayer. Letting out frustration while working out is definitely a good thing. But I think you all know what I'm trying to say. So, make healthy habits. Make healthy habits with this stuff. If you're frustrated, or if you want to post about something, if you want to blog about it, if you want to just tear into people for their opinions on Facebook... By all means, but take it to go to God first. Talk to him first. Be like, hey, man, this person said some really messed up stuff online. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is how I want to respond. And don't get me wrong. I've replied to posts that I shouldn't have. I'm like the guy that likes to just stir the pot a little bit drop a Bible scripture after they've, after they're posting about something and they're like trying to relate it to the Bible. And then I post a Bible scripture on their post that contradicts it. Anyway, <laughs> that does not make me a better person. That does not make it any better. That is definitely sowing discord, 
especially on a public forum. Christ wants us to be unified. Christ wants us to love. So I urge all of you, despite the differences, despite the beliefs, we all should have a similar goal, and that is to be Christ-like, and that is to spread the gospel and to show his love to everyone. We need to show our love to the depressed. We need to show our love to those who support abortion, who've had an abortion. We need to spread our love to the LGBTQ plus community. We need to spread our love to every community we can. The homeless, those filled with hatred and racism. It's hard stuff. It's not easy. But we need to the same love that God would spread. God loved those people. He walked this earth with them, next to them, healing them, praying for them, teaching them. Why aren't we using our energy in the same way? It's frustrating to me. It's frustrated the things that we complain about. I'm not saying not all of them are valid. But can we just take a moment to realize how blessed we really are? It's biblical. Use your frustration to drive you. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, I did quote, leave me alone. But it's, think about it. If we want to see God's love spread across the world, we need to be God's love. Right? So, that's really all I have to say. Use your frustration to be a better person. Not to sow discord. So, take that frustration you have and say, you know what? This would be great if I can put this into a Bible study. If I could go speak to that lady at the coffee shop. If I could go to my coworker. Be more like God. Make better decisions. Build your relationship with God. I want to challenge all of you. This week, from when, from the week you listen to this, I want you to take one thing in your life that you probably do in excess. Whether that's reading, whether that's watching a movie, whether that's staying on the phone, listening to music, cooking, literally whatever you do the most in excess, even if it's work, which you really can't do use work for this, but whatever. I want you to subtract... 30 minutes to an hour. That's it. And I want you to do something, whether it's spiritually or in ministry, that you typically don't do or don't give enough time to. Okay? But I want you to document it. I want you to write it down, and I want you to write down how it made you feel. 30 minutes to an hour. And depending what it is, I want you to share it with me. I want to make a chart. I want to make a thing 
of the things that we as a community have been doing differently that exemplifies the love of God, that shows that we are working as a church body to spread the gospel and to spread his love more than ever before. So yes, if you, if it's just, honestly, no, I don't want it to just be you spending more time with God. I want to take that out of there because that's something we should always be striving for anyway. I want you to pick something different, whether that's witnessing to somebody at work, witnessing to someone at a coffee shop, writing a Bible study, right? You may not use the Bible study right now, but sit down, see if you can write one. Study study a book of the Bible. Do something a little different. Something that can impact the community as well. Plan an outreach. Even if it's just like yourself that you do your own outreach or you and your husband or you and your kids. Do something different to benefit the community that doesn't need to be shared on Facebook. That doesn't need to be shared on Instagram or Snapchat. Something that you can just share with word of mouth and be proud of it. Sanctified proud. I know we shouldn't have pride, but whatever. Something that you can be joyful about. I encourage and I challenge everyone to do that. And I'm going to take up the challenge myself. Which I already kind of have, but then we'll talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> so, please, take up this challenge. Take up the challenge from the Bible itself. I think we as a church body can impact the people of this world in greater ways than we realize if we just subtract what we're putting our time into, what we're getting frustrated about, what we're wasting our time with. Because that's what we are. We don't know if we have until tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to make it to the next altar call. So let's make it count because if you if the lord takes you home today tomorrow and you didn't say what you needed to say to your brother sister cousin aunt uncle that isn't saved your co-worker that isn't saved but's like your best friend you did them no justice because what if you were the only one that could bring them to church and your time was up and that is a gut-wrenching feeling but think about it. There are some people that you interact with that you may be the only apostolic, only truth-believing Christian that they come across. And they may never cross another one again. I challenge you. I love you all. And it's good to be back. It really is. So take up this challenge. Message me. Let me know if you were able to do something because this is exciting. And I will share with you in the future episodes what I've been doing, what I've been striving for, what I've been trying to impact the community with. And we can compare notes. Let this be a worldwide or United States wide strive to spread the gospel and spread the love in greater ways than before. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, church stuff. And let's kick off season three with a bang. Thanks, guys. And I will see you. Actually, I won't see you. I will talk to you next week.
Goodbye for now.